the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Today's guests are Truett Smith and Mark Katz. Both are PAs in North Carolina, and both are involved with the North Carolina Academy of PAs, which is also known as the NCAPA. So I wanted to spend some time talking about the bill in Congress, the PA bill, SB 345. You know, if you read about that, it really looks like a game changer to me. Can you tell our listeners about the bill, what its contents mean for PAs practicing in the state? So Senate Bill 345 was based off of the original concept of optimal team practice, which was passed several years ago at the AAPA House of Delegates. It will allow PAs to be accountable for the care they provide and will actually be team-based, collaborative care and put that in the center of patient care and also any medical decision-making. You know, major provisions of it, we'll kind of break it down a little bit. It will actually establish a supervised career entry interval of 4,000 hours, approximately two years of clinical hours when they first enter practice. And then for new PAs changing specialties, there'll be a 1,000-hour supervision phase with, with any change of specialty. It'll also define the team-based settings as a physician-owned medical practice or a licensed healthcare facility. It does eliminate legal requirements for experienced PAs to have a specific relationship with a physician when working in a team-based setting, which I think is a real game changer because we've always had to have our relationships and every six-month documentation and so forth. So that would actually change things to where we're more responsible for the care we provide. It will require PAs to collaborate and then to consult or refer to appropriate members of the healthcare team. That'll be based on the condition of the patient, the education, the experience and competence of the PA and, and applicable standards of care. You will be able to have portable experiences or things that you've learned throughout your career that you can actually carry to other clinics, other sites, even other specialties that you go to that maybe the physician that you work with may not have the same experiences. Those will actually be more portable. I think it does make a lot of changes to current PA law, and and I think it is a game changer. If we get rid of the supervision requirement, what happens with legal liability and medical malpractice and insurance reimbursement and those kinds of things? So in terms of malpractice, if you look at the model of the NPs who have gone independent in 23 states, I think it is right now, and you look at their malpractice premiums, those have not increased. The other thing is, remember, the majority of PAs are still going to be employed by institutions, by if you look at like my practice, it's a you know single specialty, but multiple physician practice. So the malpractice should not really change in terms of the premiums. I'm sorry, you had asked something else. You said malpractice and... And legal liability. So typically, you know, I think with a, a lawsuit, we did a podcast with some defense attorneys a, a ways back. 
when you're named in a suit, there's a pretty wide net that's cast. Kind of like, well, this is what my supervising MD does, and they're kind of controlling it. If I don't have that language anymore, it kind of puts me out there as like, okay, well, I'm responsible for this. I think anytime we do anything, any sort of medical act, task, or function, we need to be responsible for what we're doing. We're the one who are licensed as a physician assistant, and you need to be owning it. You need to be responsible for it. So I'm sure that even as this passes, will there still continue to be a wide net cast? Obviously, defense attorneys are going to try and pull in as many people as they can in terms of lawsuits. But again, I think that the main part is, is that, yes, we are responsible caregivers, and yes, we do take ownership of what we do. I think part of what we've done in terms of the 4,000 hours before you're allowed to practice in this way or the 1,000 hours if you change specialty helps you be rooted in that. To be honest with you, if you're not comfortable after that 4,000 hours, there's nothing that says that you have to go this route. You can still go the traditional route in terms of having a collaborating physician. Ownership of your care, I think, is a very important aspect of practicing medicine in general. I think that's very important what you just said, that how the team is defined will be determined at the practice level, not at state level. So it doesn't mean that everybody has to practice without that level of supervision, if I'm getting that right. What about things like when you change certain laws or how PA roles are defined? You kind of have to follow along with the insurers and facilities where you're credentialed, the hospitals, that sort of thing. How does all that work out? That will actually be determined once again at the practice level. I work for a large system in North Carolina, and things won't change dramatically with OTP at that system level because that system actually makes their own rules and, and regulations on all the APPs in the system. And so they will continue to make those rules and you still will practice under their rules. By the same token, people like who own their practice right now still have to have a 1% ownership in order to be reimbursed through Medicare. Again, none of this changes any of that. For the vast majority of people who are practicing right now, OTP really, with the exception of cutting the ties to your collaborating physician, doesn't change a whole lot of that. So all those things should really still remain the same. And I think as you look across the country, obviously we have the luxury of a couple of states who have really pushed you know, their agenda forward first. And we haven't seen anything yet. Now, certainly, you know, it's early in this. And so certainly, you know, we continue to keep our eyes open in terms of it. But as of right now, really, none of that has changed. SB 345. I talked to Emily a little bit that it's going to come up in the next legislative session. Is that correct? It'll be brought up again in the short session 2022. Do we need to have listeners call our representatives or anybody to try to help push this along? Once the legislative session restarts, North Carolina has, again, its own little uniqueness. We have a long session and then a short session, and something can't be heard in the short session unless it's cleared one of the houses in the long session. We're really happy, thrilled, excited that our bill did pass in the Senate. In fact, it passed in the Senate unanimously, so it now is in the House. Being that it did pass the Senate, then it can go to the short session. The short session starts in May, 
And by its very name, it's supposed to be short. So usually two to three months at most. And once the bill starts being reintroduced again, we will get information out to people in terms of contacting their legislators and things like that. We really don't think that it would be real helpful right now for that to be done, uh, but really wait until next year. And we certainly will have a whole lot of publicity at that time going out in terms of what you can do to help us in contacting your legislators. So from an advocacy standpoint, a PA standpoint, what are the quote unquote hot topics that we should be looking at in 2022? Definitely SB 345, but is there anything else on the radar screen? Anything else that we should be on the lookout for? I will tell you right now, our efforts are towards OTP. In terms of if something else comes up, obviously we will deal with it. Right now, our focus is on um, OTP. I think that the other thing that you have to take into account again here in North Carolina specifically is that nothing new can come up next year because it's a short session. So something will have had to have passed one house. And so we would hopefully have known about it. Obviously, things can get attached onto bills that we keep our eyes open on. We monitor all legislation. But for right now, though, things will just be geared towards OTP. And I think we do have a unique advantage in that we do have a lobbyist and also an incredible executive director that monitors all the bills closely, every bill that comes out related to health care. So I think it's very unique in North Carolina. And another good reason to be a part of the North Carolina Academy is that your membership dues pay for that. And so really help to keep your practice as good as it is and hopefully make it even better. All right. Very well said. The NCAPA website has a ton of information. And, you know, if you have questions about any of this or want to read more about SB 345, I mean, go to the NCAPA.org website. Tons of information there, especially for PAs practicing in North Carolina. Are there any other resources other than the website? Any other resources you would recommend for people that are interested in getting involved, either with their state organizations, and we're talking nationally, or in a legislative effort? Where do you start? What do you do? I think it's important to start at a committee level. We love involvement because as we get people plugged in early, they really kind of like being involved. And then we like to see them grow as leaders. So we have multiple committees and you can see all the committees on the NCAPA website. There are, are varied ideas. There is diversity of thought. And I think that just makes us a, a better academy, the more diversity we have on our committees. Well, listeners, Truett Smith and Mark Katz, both representatives from the NCAPA. Again, ncapa.org. Please check out the website for information. And I appreciate your time and coming on the Ortho PAC. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining the Ortho PAC podcast. Please visit paos.org where members can purchase virtual CME content. This is accessed by clicking on the CME tab on the title bar and following the Learning Center. For non-members, please visit the aapa.org Learning Central for the PAOS virtual content.